podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. And I'm pumped. I always love our Wednesdays right here on ColorCast. It's the best place to be, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Big 12 has a new commissioner. Dylan Edwards officially, officially, the cat, or, or officially is a cat. One of the bigger recruiting wins in a very long time. Getting a head-to-head win versus Oklahoma and many more. And they're not done. Three massive recruiting announcements coming up in the next five days. Maybe six days. Five or six days. K-State basketball up to 11 roster players. It's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a no. There's not going to be an off-topic starter. We're just going to get into it. We're going to get everyone up on stage. I can't wait to talk with all you. I hope you're ready to talk with me. It's going to be a fun night. I'm going to get everyone up on stage. And we're going to get rolling. Uh... I tell you what, it, it, this has been one of the more exciting, in a good way, uh, off-seasons in a long time. We, we had a lot of stuff to talk about last off-season, uh, you know, about, what, a year ago, next week, next month, with uh, conference realignment. I, I like what's going on this off-season a lot more, a lot more. All right, um, let's see. It looks like we have, I think we're going to have one or two more spots left. Uh, Otherwise, sit back, crack your beer, let's get into it. So the first topic for tonight, again, because we cannot, uh, because there's so much news, no off topic, we are just going to get straight into it. The Big 12 has a brand new commissioner, and it's been... Mixed reviews. There was a Sports Illustrated article that, quite frankly, uh, just kind of took them to task. It, it, it was not, it was not pretty, uh, and I understand why. I understand why. Uh, so it is, you know, Brett Yormack. See, I, here, here I was trying to make sure I didn't script the name. Brett Yormack. He is the COO or was the COO of Rock Nation. That's Jay-Z's record label. They represent athletes, all sorts of stuff. He is going to be the next commissioner. There was an unnamed Big 12 commissioner who tried to make a joke saying, oh, I guess we're in the concert business now, all this type of stuff. Um, Not unanimously loved by the critics. I think it's great. Outside the box, the guy was a stud working for NASCAR, then the Brooklyn Nets, and now Rock Nation. This is a guy who has succeeded at every step of the of the way. I think it's a good hire, but it's time to hear what the Boneheads think. We're going to kick off the night with K-State by 90. K-State by 90, what was the initial thought when you saw it reported? What's your opinion of the hire now for the new Big 12 commissioner? I think it's great for the future. I think that his resume just speaks to the future of the Big 12 and where and the end TV deals and conference realignment and everything is headed. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, you're seeing this across college sports, outside the box hires. We're going to Colorado Cole next. Colorado Cole, what are your thoughts? I think you're a big Rock Nation guy, or at least you give off that vibe. What do you think? Well, your your vibe thermometer is correct. Um, I'm pretty pretty happy with the hire. I mean, I think 
we we I think almost everyone on here would agree that now is not the time to make a traditionalist hire. Um, and I think, you know, he doesn't have experience in college athletics, but I could almost spin that and say that's an advantage. We're not going to have someone coming in that's partial to, you know, the way things that used to be or is going to be emotionally tied to, well, and you know, back in 2010 or whatever, how things used to be was perfect. You know, we got he, he's going to come in and he's not going to be afraid to try new things and um, be a trailblazer when it comes to the uncharted ter- territory that we're in right now in college athletics. Um, so personally, I love it. I think it's a great hire for, you know, the conference as far as NIL and just making the conference be as interesting as possible and making it be a talking point amongst media members um, nationwide. Yeah. The thing is, if you, if you go with a safe hire or someone who is uh, only knows one way to do things, the traditional way in college football, you're probably ending up with either the fourth or fifth best TV contract. Um, You have to go outside the box. You have to go for some sort of banger bus type hire and I think that's exactly what this one is. Let's go to Cali Mike. Cali Mike, he's a big city guy. Uh, predominantly has spent a lot of time in New York, Brooklyn area, and Atlanta. How do you think that's going to translate to a conference that is has, outside of Fort Worth, no big city markets, a lot of heartland, some Mormon land, uh, you know, Florida U- to Utah, how's he going to be able to adapt to that? I mean, I think you just stated it perfectly, you know, in uh, not as many words that basically you've got all these schools that are, you know, in rural areas and, you know, some some of them are in really shitty towns like Stillwater. But um, uh, and shout know. out to Joel. Houston is a massive market. I forgot well, about them because they're my least favorite, most unexcited school to add. That's fine. But you know what? I'm pretty excited about this because I feel like he, this guy is going to be the bridge between our heartland schools and the coasts. And we need to expand our footprint uh, with TV deals and out of the box thinking. Um, you know, I just think that uh, avoiding the hire of some old stodgy, you know, dude that's been in the business forever. Um, I think that was a smart move uh, on the part of the Big 12, and I think it's a home run. Another thing, when he first uh, was with the Nets, he did a lot of stuff with branding, corporate sponsorships, ticket sales. Then he was one of the lead guys with the rebranding when they moved from New Jersey to Brooklyn. So this guy does know how to rebrand he knows how to make some sponsorship money uh we'll go to joel next joel thank you for calling me out totally forgot about houston are you throwing up the uh, rock hand symbol like you're larry johnson scoring a touchdown <laughs> i don't know about that i mean i'm as excited as i guess one can be for a new commissioner um as always i'm pretty lockstep with cole we all everybody in the conference keeps talking about how we need to innovate and then we start doing it and people start throwing a fit. So I think it'll be great. I mean, at the end of the day, business is business. So I think he'll be fine. And like you just said, he's been through transition before moving a moving a franchise from one city to another is not an easy feat. So I think it's uh, perfect timing for him to come in and uh, hopefully he can land us a nice TV deal. Yeah. Although he wasn't perfect because he also was involved and moving the Islanders to Brooklyn, and that is widely seen as a failure. They then turned around and moved right back to Long Island. But he also was part of the ownership group that revamped the Nassau Coliseum, which then made it feasible to move the Islanders back to Long Island. So again, not a perfect record, but I like a guy who is uh, willing to take risks, willing to swing for the fences. Let's go to Connor Baltazar. Usually a very measured man. Uh, what are your thoughts on this hire? Any uh, call-outs to some of the folks who are you know, raising a red flag on this hire? Which side of the fence are you on? Uh, I'd say that I like this hire more than I dislike it, mainly for a lot of the reasons that have been said already in uh, this live show, just uh, his history being adaptable and an innovator. 
a lot of people pointed to uh, future media rights deals as probably motivating factor behind this. Uh, I'd imagine that there's uh, something in the way of like a lot of connections that he has to the uh, media industry. I mean, there were quotes from Adam Silver and then like the CEO of uh, like Fox uh, Sports. So there's there's a lot of media connections and industry connections that it, he seems to have. So I'd say that I generally like this hire, but it, it it's kind of wait and see at this point because I think a lot of the good things that he does are just going to take a lot of time. But we'll see. Yeah, see, I, I actually disagree with you a little bit. I think ultimately he is going to be a guy who I think is using the Big 12 almost as a stair step because I think – Ultimately, the only good thing, the only thing that this, whoever the hire was going to be, it's all going to be around the next round of sponsorships and the next TV deal. Because at the end of the day, whether we whether we want to like it or not, if the Big Ten or SEC decided, oh, hey, we want to add some schools from the, the Big 12, I don't know who it would be. I, think, I don't think it's going to happen. But even the best commissioner in the world is not going to keep them together. I think it's all about leveraging this next negotiation when it comes to sponsorships and TV deal. Then after that's inked, you're just sitting back relaxing until uh, you know you find your next job. At least that's how I see it. Chef, what do you think? Is this going to be a long-term hire? Is this going to be a short one? Do the best you can TV deal. What's your thoughts on it? Well, I think it's been been stated pretty well about how whether he is a groundbreaker or whatever in the industry – Uh, He's definitely got a resume that speaks volume to connections, but I mean, what, what could we really want in a a big 12 commissioner other than somebody that's stable enough to get us afloat and we're not crumbling to the point where teams are doing back channel deals like Texas and Oklahoma were doing to get out of the big 12. If we can get somebody that can get us top tier money, maybe, I don't know where that would come from. I'm, I couldn't imagine. But if we can get somebody that could do that and just keep our head above water from the next TV contract to the next TV contract, I don't know if he'll be around that long to do that. But if he is, I mean, that's kind of what you really want. That's really all you can ask for. The Coffee Fiend Nick, also a gumbo guy. Nick and Chef are going to start their own cooking podcast. But any thoughts on this uh, new commissioner of the Big 12? Uh, personally, I think it's a good hire, just in the sense of we got to get something different, new, uh, bold, um, kind of get out of that old traditional mindset uh, in the previous uh, administration, not administrations, but commissioners, and just get a fresh new look at things and kind of get that outside of the box, like uh, Kelly, Mike, and Chef was saying. So I'm excited, and I do apologize for the uh, Twitter malfunction i am not a uh thread person on the twitter so nonetheless the notes of the recipe is on there so if y'all want to try it uh let me know and uh i'll walk you through it yes and the gumbo looks good i I will say going into the chat uh it is true it is true uh will shot calling this out this is not like some crazy thing the pac-12 grabbed a guy who uh, worked, I think, MGM in Las Vegas. Uh, the Big Ten got a guy who was working with the Minnesota Vikings. It isn't that crazy. Um, I, I think what's catching everyone off is the idea of, oh, this guy was working for a record label and that type of stuff, when really he has a lot more experience within sports than I think folks even realize. And again, I'm not 100% sure I was in the process of looking this up before the live show started. I think he might have been with NASCAR when they inked one of their first deals with Fox. So I think he actually has some experience working with Fox Sports on a TV deal. We'll talk about that later, probably around Big 12 Media Days, I'm sure. But now let's get into uh, a big recruitment. So far, the biggest one we have won. Dylan Edwards is officially a cat, choosing K-State over Oklahoma, Nebraska, and a lot more. It became official Uh, Last week, Twitter was going wild. It was a lot of fun. K-State was actually, or Kansas State or K-State, one of the two, was actually trending nationwide there for a while until Arch Manning decided he wanted to uh, tweet out his commitment to Texas. Uh, But again, it it is a win. Last time we talked, we were feeling confident, but now it is across the goal line. 
I want to know your guys' thoughts on, hey, we did it. We beat Oklahoma. And then Dylan Edwards, he's out there recruiting like he's Taylor Bratt. I'm going to start with the good chef. Chef, what was your reaction when it finally was a done deal? And what are your early thoughts, early returns on Dylan Edwards as a uh, recruiting guru out there on Twitter? Oh, well, I mean, I already knew he was in the bag. I knew it from the very beginning. As soon as we offered him his sophomore year or junior year, I knew he was a cat. There was never a doubt in my mind. But I will say getting him on the staff as a recruiter has kind of been a little touch of magic that we just needed. You know, we didn't have anybody in this class that was recruiting at a high end to get his friends in the class. And when he do he, when he gets together with Avery Johnson, it's going to be magic. And it's going to be something to be reckoned with because he's going to bring in a lot of top-tier talent. But you can't teach speed evaluating the player will he get on the field his freshman year I think he will I mean just from we all expect Deuce to leave so I think the depth in the running back room will speak volumes to where he's going to be at on the pecking order um we got uh give uh Giddens and uh Fabus I think how you say uh, yeah whatever but we got them and I think with his speed he there's no way he's not going to touch the field yeah, it's an exciting one. And again, it was a recruiting win that got enough shockwaves that uh, CDOT Harrison, who doesn't talk a lot of college sports on his show, um, at least not college football. He's a big NFL uh, college basketball guy. And he, he'll talk about almost anything, uh, you know, not, you know, under the sun. He almost never talks college football recruiting. And he doesn't talk a lot of K-State. He was so pumped. He got on Derek Young after it happened. He got on Colin Klein or er, er, on Monday this week, and it was all stemming from that recruiting win. So again, it was making waves nationally and regionally. Regionally, Connor, uh, I know you guys on your show, you and Ace, talk a lot of recruiting. You followed this recruitment basically from the genesis of your guys' show. Um, it's a done deal. He's in the fold. How big of a recruiting one that is that? And do you buy into, I think fans sometimes will think, oh, this player is going to help us with this guy, with this guy, with this guy. I usually don't buy into that, but there's something about the way Dylan Edwards acts, his charisma that makes me think, all right, get him in the fold. And we'll talk about Avery Johnson here in a little bit. They might be able to truly attract some other high profile talent to come to Kansas State. Yeah, on the attracting other talent part, I think that him and Avery combined could absolutely do it, but not necessarily from like a themselves being recruiters, but just like from their talent attracting others, which I think is what you were saying. And I, I'm interested to see what type of talent can be brought in guys like Jacoby Lane, who seemingly weren't on the radar of the staff until recently. And I think some of that probably stems from uh, getting Dylan and then being in a very good spot for Avery, especially after Washington took a different quarterback today and Dante Moore's trending towards Oregon. But yeah, Dylan, uh, it can't be overstated how big of a win he is. Uh, like Chef, I think that he could see the field uh, as a freshman. I'm really hoping that he could maybe uh, be a good returner for us and then also uh, find his way onto the field in several different roles on offense. And he just had, uh, there's a lot of layers to his game that you kind of have to peel back once you get past the elite speed. Like he does something that Deuce Vaughn does something. Deuce Vaughn does this really well. This he creates really difficult angles for defenders, and he does that really often. And part of that's his speed, but also he's just a really smart runner with really great vision. I think that gets lost in his speed, but he he brings a lot more than just elite speed to the table. Yeah, we'll go up to uh, Coley Dubs. And Cole, did I skip over you on that first question? That's uh, okay. I'm not really, uh, really well-versed when it comes to Big 12 Commissioner and what makes a good one and what doesn't. So it's totally no. Well, I'm sorry about that. But when it comes to Dylan Edwards, um, you know, maybe it's lazy. Um, but, hey, I'm not going to pretend to be some evaluator. You can't help but think, all right, you know, you have – Darren Sproles, you have Deuce Vaughn, you have these guys who have that, uh, you know, smaller down to the, you know, playing surface uh, frame. I think he's a little taller than those guys, but you see the speed, you see the change of direction. 
Um, how excited are you to see him wearing that power cat? And do you think he can be an instant, uh, you know, contributor his true freshman year? Do you think he's a redshirt candidate? How do you think the trajectory of his career is going to go early on? I a thousand percent think he has a chance to contribute early. Um, I didn't really watch any of his film and I, none of it up until like maybe a couple days before he was announcing his commitment. Because, I mean, you just see the stars, you see all the rankings and all this. I'm like, oh, he's just, he's a good dude, right? And then I actually watched his huddle highlights, and it was just incredible. Like, watching him compared to the other running backs we're on, it's like the other dudes were just seem like they're going in slow motion compared to Dylan Edwards. He has that game-breaking ability, like, playmaking ability to score from anywhere on the field at any point. His burst is so quick, and he can get to his top speed real fast. So I think... I think he, even if, you know, he plays as a freshman, it might not be a lot of carries or a lot of touches. But, I mean, he's a dude who anytime he touches the ball, I think there's a chance he can house it. So, yeah, I think he's going to get on the field early and make some plays for us. We'll go down to Joel next. Joel, uh, he's a four-star running back on 247, three-star uh, rivals. But, again, you look at those recruiting wins, you look at that offer sheet, and you're like, all right, he's ours. Um, is there a fan base or, you know, is it Oklahoma or Nebraska that you feel more, uh, you know, feeling yourself taunting them, grabbing a running back that they thought that they just had a claim to because they historically have been able to recruit better than K-State? Yeah, I mean, I had a couple buddies at work that are pretty big Nebraska guys. So we've been going back and forth on it. And I, oh my God, I forgot how much I hate Nebraska, to be honest. They've been so irrelevant, but yeah, it's been really nice. I mean, that's that was a big, big, big pickup. I don't think that can be understated. Like, uh, like the good chef said, speed kills, and uh, we got a dang fast one. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. K State by ninety. Um, this is, I think, probably the biggest recruiting win so far in the Chris Kleiman era. Granted, we gra- grabbed Forsha beating out USC. Uh, in, in the uh, transfer portal earlier, he had some big spring recruiting when it comes to transfers just this past year. But at the high school ranks, I think this is the biggest one so far. Hopefully, we have a handful more big ones. Hopefully, maybe this is only like number two or three when it's all said and done. But what do you think this says about them? And yes, he's a legacy. Yes, he's in the backyard. But K-State had to you know, hold off a blue blood in Oklahoma and then that regional team that has been haunting us on the recruiting trail in Nebraska, along with some others, Oregon offered, a lot of folks were in on him, Deion Sanders. How big of a recruiting win is that? I think for K-State, it's just all their hard work and all their recruiting classes eventually coming into one guy, and that's kind of cliche, but Edwards talked about on Christmas, K-State called, no one called, and many thought K-State trailed for him at times during his recruitment, and eventually they went out for him, and I think it's huge for the future, and I think his freshman year, he might not play as much, maybe a Keon Mosey type of role, but eventually I think he's going to be a stud. We're going to Callie Mike next. Callie Mike, it was Party Rock time on Twitter uh, is that maybe the most fun K-State Twitter has ever had that wasn't directly associated with a actual game that we won? Yeah, I mean, I think so. Um, other than, you know, uh, ripping on that dude for calling us a Marxist institution. That was kind of fun. But That um, was, was freaking <laughs> wild. Yeah, um, it was a blast. Like, and, you know, just like Chef, I mean – I wasn't, I didn't know, you know, as soon as they offered like uh chef Strodamus here, but like the day of, I definitely knew I was like, it's happening. And I think I tweeted as much. I was like, this is, this is in the bag. Um, and I don't know what it was, but it was just like, um, this is happening. And, you know, it was a blast. It was awesome to watch. Um, you know, you had some P- PTSD over like past recruits who, you know, grabbing for the case they had and then switched it up to someone else. And you just had that huge letdown. And in this case, you just didn't. Um, and it was badass. We'll go to Nick next, the coffee fiend. Nick, this is hopefully the first of, and we're about to talk 
about three more big announcements that are coming up in the next couple days. Uh, but, you know, getting this one in there, uh, feeling the momentum, you know, we won't talk about any of the other commits because there was a handful of them, none of them super noteworthy. Uh, but the momentum around K-State recruiting is something that I don't think I've felt, except for maybe, and I know folks don't want to talk about it, but that first Ron Prince class back when you grabbed Josh Freeman, um, I could get used to it. Do you, do you think the momentum will carry through for the entire class? Do you think we'll you know, hit another hot streak and then kind of cool off? What's your hypothesis about uh, how the rest of this recruiting class, recruiting year is going to go? I think we're going to ride high off to the moon. I think it's going to be a hot streak to the end, and we're going to be drinking beers and having koozies in the wild celebrating our recruiting class. So The potential is there. Uh, We're going to end with Cole for this one, and uh, we'll probably start the next one with Colorado Cole. Um, You get Dylan Edwards. It's that first one, and maybe, and honestly, it's the one that I think K-State fans have talked about for the longest amount of time because we always seem to be in the game. I think, uh, at least myself included, I had kind of given up on Avery Johnson once he started getting some of those offers, but there was something about Dylan Edwards where I thought, okay, I, I think we could get him. I think we could get him. Um, how long were you feeling confident about it? What was your feelings when it finally got over the goal line? And do you think that, again, kind of a similar question to Nick, do you think this hot streak is going to ride all the way to signing day, just get through the summer? How hot can Chris Kleiman stay on the trail? Um, You know, I think when initially when Dylan Edwards got that OU offer, uh, my confidence wavered a little bit. Um but I think that made it feel that much better that our our coaches and, and recruiters' persistence paid off in the long run, um, and it felt good. It seemed like there were so many people that once he got the OU offer, we're just kind of accepted the fact that he's going to go to OU. Even a ton of K-State fans I saw just say, like, well, he's going to OU, so, like, I don't know why we're even trying or, like, why we're even talking about this kid. So it's, it's great to kind of – take from those detractors a little bit and you know I think climate is really going to build off of um, this momentum it seems like a lot of times in the past when we've built up momentum like this we haven't really been able to carry that on whether that was under Snyder 1.0 Prince or Snyder 2.0 and I would like to point out just the timing of this momentum is going to work out for us well I think just um, maybe kind of under a microscope comparing to what's going on with PJ Fleck I think people are kind of realizing that he's a fraud and he that is a program that has won some recruiting battles against us in the past so I think Kleiman's genuineness is going to start to show out and we're going to ride this momentum like we're surfing a wave I, I'm glad you brought that up because the difference between Chris Kleiman and PJ Fleck when it comes to recruiting is and just coaching, absolute polar opposites. And I'm glad that people are starting to wise up to PJ Fleck. I'm glad some of these players are speaking out publicly because they do everything different. PJ Fleck will lie to these players. He will emotionally manipulate them. He's basically a Kroger brand Ron Prince who wins a little bit more. And Chris Kleiman goes about everything the exact right way. Again, I, I think some of these high school players are starting to wise up a little bit, especially in this NIL era uh, where coaches are going to try to tell you everything, but you have to handle things in a more business-like manner. So you need to and you should seek out coaches who are going to tell you like it is. They're not going to gas you up and lie to you. And you know what? They used to get hit a little bit for that on the high school recruiting, but I think we saw it turn around with some of these high-profile transfer players who know what it's like to play uh, for a college football coach, know what's important to look for it, and I think that's starting to bleed into the high school ranks. Now, speaking of bleeding into the high school ranks, we have three massive recruiting decisions that are going to be coming up on July 1st, 4th, and 5th. On July 1st, 
We have Donovan McIntosh out of St. Louis. He's the number 10 player in Missouri and the number 50 rated cornerback on on three recruiting. Uh, And he is announcing on July 1st. On July 4th, we have Joe Jackson, another all-purpose back who's right on that razor edge of becoming a four-star on rivals. He's a uh, 5.7 star And then the big one on July 5th, Avery Johnson, four-star, currently at Elite 11. And I'm feeling great about all three of these. And all three of these are going to be pretty major recruiting wins. If you look at the offer sheets that these guys have, these are hopefully, assuming everything goes as planned, going to be three massive pickups for K-State football to keep that momentum going. We're going to start with Cole, Colorado Cole. Avery Johnson's the big one. Washington seems to, I believe they got their guy. I think someone pointed that out earlier. It sounds like Oregon's going to get their guy. It sounds like, it feels like the drama is over. I know for 100% certainty, he actually informed all schools recruiting him after his Oregon visit of his decision. So I'm guessing all the coaching staffs know it is K-State. At least that's what the tea leaves say. What is the buildup going to be for that announcement, and do you like that we kind of get get a little appetizer on July 1st and July 4th with two hopeful, pretty decent side recruiting wins as well? I oh, mean, that buildup's going to be great, especially assuming you win those first two ones. Um, uh, I, th- I feel like I feel the most confident about Johnson, which I don't know, maybe sounds weird to say, but... I would definitely be surprised kind of going off what you just said, if he hasn't already verbally committed to the coaching staff, just based off of everything that he's been saying and people around him have been saying. Um, But I think it's going to be a great next week or so for us Cats fans. And hopefully, you know, we start to turn some heads and a few other guys, um, you know, hop, hop on that train. Yeah. And and I, I do believe, and I I think someone, someone out there saw how I kind of was freaking out a little bit when Avery Johnson pushed his commitment uh, beyond elite 11 and a little birdie told me he already gave his commitment to a coaching staff. And I think you're going to like it to calm me down. So I I think Avery Johnson, I 99% sure he is going to be a cat. Um, Coley Dub down there in Texas, you know, I think he's better than Arch Manning. Don't say that in Austin. You might get stabbed or they might, you know, say some mean things behind your back. But how much fun do you think, the you know, July 1st, July 4th, and July 5th are going to be in K-State Twitter and on message boards where you're going to hopefully go three for three on these announcements? Because again, up until recently, we don't have a lot of luck when a recruit says, I'm announcing on this day at this time. Uh, this is going to go four for four, hopefully, if everything goes as planned, four for four for us uh, You know, in a two-week span. How much fun is that going to be? It's just going to be real fun. Um, you know, for, for such a long time, it's kind of, as a K-State fan, I think we can all kind of agree that it's really, it's been really hard to get excited for recruiting, per se, like, I know every once in a while there's like maybe one, two guys tops we're real excited about per class, but just now that we're getting some of these dudes, like dudes, I should say, um, to commit to K-State and you'll hear a little national pub on, you know, a few of these guys probably going to K-State. I just listened to a podcast the other day that was kind of one of the, I think it was cover, no, I think it was Yahoo Sports Ranger talking about the Elite 11 and how Johnson's a pretty heavy lean, and one of the guys on that podcast was just getting real hyped about it, like loving it. He was going to go to K-State. Um, but no, it's, it's very exciting. It's something that hopefully it's a trend that we can continue, so we have something to look forward to every off season. You know, I think this recruiting class um, has really kind of helped me anyway to kind of get through these long off seasons and summers, and so I'm just really looking forward to it, and uh, I'm excited to see how the class um, ends up and how we how we put together the finished product. The coffee fiend Nick, also a gumbo chef, 
I think this is going to be one of, if not the biggest recruiting wins, uh, maybe in K-State history because uh, Oregon went full blitz on him. He basically told Notre Dame, hey, sorry, but you're too late. Florida State was in on him. LSU was in on him. Basically, you got some true blue bloods and basically the kings of modern-day college football coming after this guy. And K-State stuck around the entire time. Every time a new contender came, we batted them away. And we are going to most likely come away with a quarter. And he's tracking. He's currently in the Elite 11. He's tracking to be named in the Elite 11 because, again, there's 20 finalists. Sounds like he will get that distinction. How pumped are you for Avery Johnson to finally kind of put an end to this, give that verbal on CBS Sports HQ, 3 p.m., everyone's going to be watching, get that over the line, party on Twitter, party on message boards. How ready are you for that moment? Oh, it's, as a Kansas kid, it's none other. I mean, getting nationally recognized as as a Kansas kid, going to the Elite 11 and performing like he has, um, it's pretty remarkable. Uh, first off, I'll have to uh, tip the hat to Taylor Bratt and his recruiting staff because what he's done this year was unbelievable. And I can't wait for the future of what the ki- he's going to bring the, all the Kansas kids and bring them, to K- bring them home to K-State. So I'm excited. Um, yeah. Chef, I, I want you to talk about Avery Johnson, but also a guy I'm excited for, Donovan McIntosh. The staff is finally getting one of these recruiting wins in the city of St. Louis. Arkansas was in on him. Uh, a lot of the other regional schools in on him. He's been locked in, dialed in with K-State seemingly for a while now. How big is it going to be to finally kind of get one of these top 10 Missouri guys out of St. Louis? And then also, you're on the message boards, you're on Twitter. What sort of day is July 5th going to be? Man, let me tell you, July 5th is going to be a wild event. Um we're, it's just going to be brewing like uh, Nick's gumbo. It's just going to be simmering. We've we've got two commitments locked in. I think Joe uh, uh, Joe Jackson is a little iffy on qualifying, but I think he'll get that hurdle and uh, he'll hurdle over that and he'll he'll make it into the class. But Donovan McIntosh, I mean, when he visited, I know the host had to be uh, Julius Brents. I mean, they're spit image of each other probably when he was in high school probably a slender frame but with that six foot three height and Macintosh is a burner though like he has I think it's uh I think the 200 or I can't remember which one it was I think it's the 200 uh absolutely blazing yeah I mean you you get those long striders out there I mean he reminds me I mean frame wise so much of Julius Brents, he'll he'll be able to lock down and have the wingspan to, I mean, just blanket these guys outside. But the big the big fish, we always talk about him, Avery Johnson. He'll be the quarterback of the class. And you 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 talked about it, message boards. You got a little little nervous when he pushed it back, and somebody came to your to your aid. And I think the same thing happened to me. Somebody slid into the DMs, and I mean, they didn't say it was for sure but they said it was for sure. So, I mean, you get Avery into the fold and I mean, you just think about the class that we're going to have. I mean, it's not going to be a top 25 class. Let's be serious, but we haven't seen a class like this in it's been a long, long time. And I mean, you finish this out and then you, you're just kind of looking ahead. And now you're trying to fill the defensive side of the the board up because I mean you got the offensive playmakers like we haven't seen in years, but you start filling that defensive board up with Macintosh. I mean we got a couple other commitments to another corner, and so you're going to be locked down that corner and a safety for the next couple years. So you're you're looking good. It's just it's just all roses for the the cats, Joel. Not only are we going to be beating out massive teams for Avery Johnson, but almost every single guy, I think with the exception of Fabris, who came into the fold yesterday, who is an all-state Georgia player. Again, 
I kind of am scratching my head at it as well. You know, I, I'm not thinking he's going to be some four-year starter, but he is, as a junior, first-team All-State in Georgia. But almost every recruiting pickup we're getting is a ranked player in their state. We're beating out other Power 5 programs for it. How refreshing is it to see this level of recruiting wins, not only on the, the upper end of things, but again, when one of your lowest-rated commits are guys that are getting multiple Power 5 offers, that's just a whole nother level we haven't seen probably since Ron Prince, since Bill Snyder 1.0. How exciting is it to see it? And then also throwing your thoughts about Avery Johnson. I mean, yeah, it's super refreshing. I've never been like the biggest recruiting guy, but I think I've been all over the boards and on 247 probably more than I've actually done my job these last couple of weeks. Um so I've been loving it uh, when it comes to – is it Fabris, whatever his last name is? I think – is it Fabris? Yeah, I, I believe it is. John Fabris was his dad, which, man, I'm not, I'm not here to, like, say anything bad about anyone. But if anyone saw that picture that, they, that Fabris t- t- tweeted out of him, his older brother, and his dad, like, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that he had a son as old as he did. Yeah. Um, but we don't have to talk about that. For sure. I mean, when it comes to him, I, I think he'll end up being a low three-star. But, yeah, when, when you have a class like this, you, you can afford to keep the alumni happy, keep uh, keep your old players happy, so that's fine. Um, when it comes to Avery, though, he has been lighting it up at the Elite 11. I've been kind of tuned in on that a little bit. He His the ball jumps out of his hand. It's crazy. I'm super excited for him. And I think uh, bringing him in with Dylan, it'll be crazy what they can do for recruiting. Go to Connor, uh, you know, tied for my favorite Aggieville alley cat. Uh, Cause I love my podcasting sons unconditionally equally. Um, talk about Avery, of course, but also these are two guys in Macintosh and Jackson who in previous years, like even last year, may have ended up being two of our highest-rated guys uh, right there on the razor's edge of becoming four-stars, depending on what recruiting site and profile you look at. Um, they're going to be overshadowed because Avery's happening on the 5th, but what a good job this staff did with a- identification early and then the recruiting job on those two guys. So kind of just open floor to talk about any of these three hopeful upcoming recruiting wins. Yeah, I'm really impressed with the recruitment of Joe Jackson in particular, because it seemed like he was kind of in the forefront for a while, but then when we realized that we were pretty close to getting Dylan and it kind of seems like Randall's getting thrown back in the mix. Now we kind of put him on the back burner for a bit to like, see what happened. We got Dylan and then we started hitting Joe hard and we said, okay, now we want you that like you need to commit like pretty soon. It seems like is what we were going for. And it was a, a pretty, it was a different approach. It seems like uh, at least assuming that we land Joe, which I I'm assuming that we will given the timing of the announcement, but I, I really like Joe's film. Uh, he's a one cut back and he, he's good at making people miss. He has good size. And he's a really solid receiver out of the backfield and lined out as well. And Avery's just, I mean, Avery's Avery. You have to watch this film to really get it. But, I mean, he's a game breaker. He's an incredible athlete. He can do things that no QB on the roster can do. Maybe Adrian, I suppose. But then the Avery special. McIntosh, I haven't gotten to watch his film. But I'm really excited about him just based on his frame and his speed. Uh, He seems like a prototypical corner that the staff really likes somebody that's tall, got really long arms and a really great athlete. So I I'm excited to see what a guy like Van Malone can do with Donovan McIntosh, but it's a, it's a great time to be following K-State recruiting right now because it's been nothing but roses the last month. Yeah, it, it's been amazing. We're going to go to Cali Mike next Cali Mike. Uh, it's the moment we've all been waiting for again. Uh, I've said it a million times, and I'll probably be uh, well. I'll probably say something similar next week during the live show. But the Avery Johnson uh, commitment, 
I felt like every time we were getting close, something had happened and I would throw my hands up and I would give up. But people like you have stayed confident through the entire thing. How gratifying will it be for you to finally see him go on CBS Sports HQ? There's going to be tens of thousands of people watching live when he makes his commitment and he's going to put on the K-State hat. He's going to embrace with Dylan Edwards. Then he's going to hit the ground running, trying to talk to guys like Lane, like Joshua Manning, try to find some big-time wide receivers to come play with us. How gratifying will that be for someone like you who stood by it and said, no, it's going to be the Cats almost the entire way? I mean, it's huge. Like, And and typically, you know, K-State has not given me reason to have that type of confidence, especially when, you know – school like Oregon comes in and then you start to worry like, Oh God, you know, the blue bloods are, they're just going to pick off uh, these in-state kids that actually are showing some promise. Um, And, you know, K-State, the reason they're successful or or at least the reason, you know, we are reasonably happy is because the K-State coaches have been able to turn, um, you know, low, lower ranked classes into, you know, teams that are exciting to watch and win games. But, you know, what's it going to be like when we actually have a team with some dudes on it, you know, that's loaded up? Um, it's going to be huge. And getting Avery Johnson on this team, um, it's just going to speak volumes. It's going to produce for us. We're going to be some happy fans in the coming years. We'll go to K-State by 90, K-State by 90. We got three of them coming up. It has been just this amazing run of commitments, you know, getting that, you know, bring on the cats, email 23 tweet from Taylor Bratt. And we're going to get two more in that buildup to Avery Johnson. How gratifying is it going to be, you know, following K-State recruiting, finally getting some of these big wins, getting over the hump with this next level of recruit? It's insane. It's great for the program. Kleiman's first full recruiting class, they had, according to Rivals, they had 18 of the 27 guys committed, 5.5 or lower. And now you're looking at guys that are a 5.6, a 5.7, a 5.8 just in one week, and you just signed Dylan Edwards. I think the crazy thing is, is the two guys before Johnson that aren't getting all the hype are great players and are going to be contributors. Yeah, again, I think on Rivals, McIntosh is the lowest-ranked one, but if you go over to On3, he's ranked as the number 50 cornerback in the nation, the number 10 Missouri prospect. So again, you know, you have all these different recruiting sites, but depending on which ones you look look at, like I said earlier, both uh, Jackson and McIntosh in different years could be one of those top-tier guys, and they're going to be overshadowed. Uh, by Avery. We're going to go to KSU fan. Long time no see in the live show, so you know I'm happy to see him back in the fold. Uh, we're talking about these three upcoming decisions. I'm feeling great about all three. I would say I'm 100% locked in that we're getting Avery Johnson, and that's the one that's getting a lot of the attention. Um, first on Avery Johnson, you've been, I mean, Callie Mike's kind of old, but you look in this room. No one's been following the cats as long or as closely as you have. Um, do you recall like something where from beginning to end we were in it? Cause you know, we kind of came out of nowhere to grab Josh Freeman, but a recruitment that had this many national players, this high profile, a guy, a guy who will be awarded with the title of an elite 11 quarterback, uh, start to finish home, t- home state guy getting over the finish line with all these, you know, you know, obstacles to get there. How pumped will you be when it finally happens? I'll be very excited because I mean, like you, you laid it out well there. And I would say, I can't remember too many recruitments where between, between Johnson and Edwards, where we went after a guy highly rated, especially in state guy and, and fought off legitimate uh, high octane power six programs to land them. And to me, when you look at in-state recruiting, maybe this will be our best class ever. And as far as overall recruiting, uh, you mentioned Prince maybe had a class or two, but for sure, going back to maybe the late 90s, early 2000s, this is the best recruiting I can remember 
and and I haven't followed it as closely, but just seeing us land some guys that we really went after and beat out pretty good programs to land them has been really fun to watch, and it's made for a fun summer. And, and something that, again, I think it's been uh, talked about. I think Avery might have even given a quote about this, but I had someone connected to that recruitment slide to my Twitter DMs talking about it and said that recently Notre Dame has tried to get back involved. Uh, LSU's tried to get involved. There are some high-profile programs that have tried to get into this late, and it's kind of what my fear was. Okay, we might be the leader, but hey, now that once the Arch Manning dominoes start to fall, there's going to be other people coming after him. He's rebuffed him. He has mushed them like he is Michael Beasley in you know the big three, saying, no, I made my commitment, because he gave the commitment to the coaches about a week ago at this point. How great is it? Because, again, you hear some of these names. Again, I think he gave the quote about how Notre Dame trying to get involved, but it's too late. And, again, there's been some other programs who it hasn't been out in public. But it's a guy who is locked in. He wants to be here. I, I just – I I kind of have to pinch myself. Like, how how gratifying and how big is that just not only for K-State, the football program, but for the fan base to finally be able to puff the chest out a little bit and get a little swagger. It's super exciting, and it's it's really fun to watch. And and for me, it goes back to um, I coach high school football, and we played Derby in the playoffs two years ago. And we had film of Derby versus Mays that season. Both Edwards and, and uh, Avery were sophomores. And we were pl- watching Derby, but I was like, man, that quarterback for Mays is a freak. And then I found out he was only a sophomore after we watched film. And going back and watching that, and I said, you know, those two dudes are Division One players for sure. And now to see us probably land both of them is really cool to think back to watching that film a couple years ago in November and now seeing us land both of them. And then, you know, seeing them both blow up nationally is even more cool. So, yeah, this is fun. All right. Well, we have about nine minutes left. It is a packed house so now we'll, this will have to be a little bit more rapid fire than I wanted to, but K-State basketball, Jerome Tang has players number 10 and 11. Uh, people were giving me a lot of shit when this became official. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. Uh, a big from Hofstra. His nickname is Bebe, almost kind of like Daniel or Daniel Matter Bebe. So I'm just going to call him Bebe for now. I'll learn to pronounce it by the time basketball season comes around. But he's like an 8-8 eight and eight guy at Hofstra. And he went off, had a massive game against Arkansas, so you know he has it in him. And then just today, it came out official. I think it is Ty K. Green. I know it's green. But he is a guy who I believe it was Stony Brook his last couple seasons, a Seawolf. The Stony Brook Seawolf. So I think they have to be my second favorite basketball team. Maybe third favorite behind Cleveland State. Shout out to Scott Garrett, the best mid-major AD there is. But he's a guy who averaged 14 and 8. I I see him almost as like a Mark Smith light or a poor man's Mark Smith. And I'm pumped about these two guys. Kind of fills a little bit of the fear I had going into it at 10 and 11. So it's time for a vibe check. I know I'm to the point where I'm thinking, all right, it's bubble team. We're a bubble team again. I know it's kind of teetering a little bit, but let's just kind of hear your guys' vibe check. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way back up, so we're going to start with Than. Than, uh, at 10 and 11, I think we now have a very solid 8 and 9 man rotation. Uh, what do you think about these two pickups, and then what's your vibe check? You know, Give me your uh, June 29th kind of uh, best guess on what next basketball season might look like. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think Bebe is a really nice pickup that can probably start at the five. Um, take some pressure off Colbert since he really hasn't played much Division One basketball um, at all, four games for LSU. And then uh, Green looks like a nice addition. I like the Mark Smith comparison. I like that, you know, he gets to the rim. Um, I like the mix of players they've got. The only kind of concern I have is we don't have any too many that are great shooters, or at least were last year. But I think there's some pieces there, and I think they really went after fit uh, with these guys, and I think they got some great fits and guys that will really buy in and uh, a good mix of experience and then younger players that can develop. 
K-State by 90. The last time we did basketball vibe check, I think we only had eight or nine players. Uh, the roster's really starting to take place. He can really see what the rotation's going to look like. What are you thinking next season's going to have in store, and what do you think Bebe and Green can do with this squad? Well, first, I think Bebe and Green give you potentially two starters, but definitely two major contributors that give you a lot of rebounding and athleticism at the three and the five. And for next season, I think, who knows, basketball is hard because there's so much chemistry that goes involved with it. But on paper, it looks like definitely a bubble team to me. Yeah, and and being able to get Green in there at the three, you're going to slide Tomlin down to the four. Again, you're going to have so much athleticism. I think the defense is going to be good. You're going to be crashing boards. I I think Bebe was – or no, uh, Green was grabbing like – three or four offensive rebounds a game. He led the, his conference back-to-back years in offensive rebounds. So this guy is going to really be, uh, oh, I mean, I, I maybe like a Dom Sutton with a little bit better jump shot maybe. I don't know. Uh, let's go to Callie Mike. What is your vibe check after these two guys come to the fold? Vibe check is great, you know. Um, I think that uh, a couple of weeks ago I was still saying that I felt pretty good just because, this whole idea of Tang, you know, going at this roster uh, with a scalpel, being precise with the recruits he was trying to get in there. Um, I'm, you know, absolutely believing that he curated this group according to what his plans are, and he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, You know, all of us, you know, we're going to give our opinions outside, but I fully trust this man. I feel really good about our team. Yeah, Green, I believe, uh, I, I was told some Twitter DMs that Mississippi State and Louisville both were in on him pretty hard. So again, I think this might be one of the bigger recruiting wins in the transfer market as well. KSU fan, for those uh, listening on the RSS feed, Bebe's rebounding rates are unreal. Top 10 nationally in O-boarding rate. That's what I like to see. And folks need to go back and listen to uh, Jimmy and I talk about, uh, you know, Coach Tang's style because I think we're going to see a return of crashing the offensive glass, and I'm excited for it. Ignore all the parts where we still thought Nigel Pack was still going to be on the team. Obviously, that's a dated episode, but I think it's evergreen when you talk about the tactics. Let's go to Joel next. Joel, you, you've been part of these live shows almost every week. You've kind of heard my ups and downs, my own personal vibe checks on this. I'm now starting to feel pretty good. Where are you at and what do you think about these two latest pickups? Yeah, I've been kind of riding the roller coaster with you. I'm I'm officially moving myself on the good almost great vibe area. Um I think kind of like you said Tang's kind of been recruiting with a scalpel and every guy that he's picked up has a little bit of that dog in him. Um I think Green's a pretty good pickup. Uh had a nice game against KU last year. Uh, guarded Christian Brown the whole time so pretty excited for him um, and kind of like K-State by 90 said you, you don't really know till the season starts but I'm feeling good not great eh, almost great yeah I had 11 and 9 inside Allen Fieldhouse the good chef Andre Napier chef what do you think about these two latest pickups vibe check is there anything you want to see them add down the stretch just walk me through your thoughts well for the 12th I mean I'm not opposed to Tang's strategy of adding somebody um, right before the season starts or, you know, uh, just right, just adding that middle area right there. Not, not necessarily now, just, just waiting to see if something weird happens and adding somebody real late. Um, The 10th and 11th pickups, um, they trend my meter up for the, for my projections of this season and solely based on, the guys that they got the the contributors the contributors that are gonna have to make it happen for this season are all graduate fifth year seniors. They're gonna want to go out on a, in a on a bang. Marquise Noel, Green, uh, Desi, uh, Bebe. They're all guys that are going to want to prove something, and they're not gonna let the team just falter. Like I mean, not to knock Nigel Pack, he was incredible, but I mean. At times, he was a guy that if he was getting his buckets, he was getting his buckets, but he was kind of tapped out sometimes, and he saw that on the defensive end. But you're going to see guys that are crashing boards, length, 
gritty, nasty, in-your-face team that is going to that's that that can get you an extra game or two in the season by gutting out games and being the tougher team. So I think this is kind of conjured in a great way where you're not going to get the Antonio Davis where he's an elite scorer, but you've got a team of nasty fighters that are wanting to prove something and be the guy and be the team and be the season that they want to go out on their last collegiate games. The coffee feed, what do you got for me? I know last time I had said that they're definitely a bubble team. And then after these two new uh, recruits or commits, uh, they are well within the bubble, if not making it auto- not automatically, but for sure. So, Yeah, it, it is going to be I, – I am back to really looking forward to this basketball season. I was feeling down, but I, I do think it's going to be a bubble-licious season. Coley Dub, what do you got for me? Just give me all the New York dogs, man. Um, I'm, re- I'm mostly. I'm just, just very excited. Um, I just feel like I'm gonna be a lot. I mean, I've been invested in case of hoops in the past few years. It's just kind of always been disappointing, but I'm just very excited to watch some cat hoops and see how the team does. And I'm absolutely looking forward to uh, getting to the tourney. So just throw away all your NIT brackets that you probably might be in. I love it. We're going to wrap up this question and the show with Colorado Cole. Cal- Colorado Cole, first off, shout out to all the Colorado Cats and the Avalanche getting that Stanley Cup win. But also, what are your thoughts? What's the vibe check? What do you think about these two latest pickups? Uh, yeah, let's go Avs. Um, I'm feeling, I mean, I feel like I was, I've always been kind of unwavered. Usually, I am probably overly optimistic in a lot of situations, but uh, my confidence, I feel, has uh, the results have backed it up at this point. Um, you know, I think we've got a more athletic roster top to bottom than we've seen in a while, and I really think, you know, I don't know that we'll be a top 25 program, but I think that we're going to be a team that on any night can win, can win any game. You know, I think we're going to find ourselves in some big games and I think we'll be surprised by these guys coming up this season. I love it. Thank you for wrapping us up there. Uh, Everyone be safe on this 4th of July weekend. We'll be going live next Wednesday, 7 PM. We're going to talk about Avery Johnson getting in the fold and who knows what else We'll be able to talk about. We're giving the MVP of the night to the Coffee Fiend, Nick. Nick, 4th of July is coming up. Give all the boneheads and K-State fans any message you would like to. Uh, celebrate safely. Enjoy some fireworks and beers of the pod. Grill out. Have fun. Uh, remember why we get to celebrate this great nation that it is. And uh, if you have any coffee recommendations to send me, uh Find me on Twitter, the Nick the Coffee Fiend, and uh, I will do a little bit of review on Twitter. And don't drink shit coffee. I love it. That's all we got today on the live show, folks. We're getting ready to ramp up. I don't have a name for July, but I think we're going to have a show every weekday in July. Then we have Blitz Month in August. Then all football season long, I'm giving you as many episodes as I can possibly pump out. So buckle up. You're about to get more Bosco's Voice content than you ever have. Also, July 10th, be on Twitter that evening. I promise a lot of you are going to be very happy. I love you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Give a big shout out. Send some Twitter love to your K-State family. Let's have ourselves a good holiday weekend. Go State. Maybe you have to get it. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit, wildcat in fight, hail alma mater.
Podcast Network.